How many of you are looking forward to going to heaven? You know, the, the interesting thing is, though, there are a lot of people in church that are not going to heaven. Billy Graham once said that his estimate was that probably 50% of people in church do not know Jesus Christ as Savior and do not have everlasting life. So even if we think, well, I go to church and I've heard about Jesus all my life, we maybe need to think a little bit more about our relationship with Jesus. Last few weeks, we've been talking from Matthew chapter 4, verse number 19, where Jesus said this, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I think we started off with this slide last week as well. We need to remember that what we need more than anything else is relationship, following Jesus Christ. And when we follow Jesus Christ, he will make us. That's transformation. The, the implication is that we're not where we need to be, but God makes us to be what we need to be. Jesus works in our lives and transforms us. And then fishers of men, that has to do with impact, making a difference in the lives of others around us, especially making an eternal difference by sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, relationship, transformation, impact. Over the next several weeks, we're gonna talk about some other behaviors of a disciple in the gospel of John. I didn't know that Chuck was doing a study on the gospel of John but I think Tony Evans and I agree on most things, so I don't think there should be any problem. Uh, the first behavior seems to be obvious, but I think that we need to address it. A genuine disciple believes. Now, many of you think, well, I've believed in Jesus all my life. And intellectually, probably many of us have. But it's more than just an intellectual belief. It's making sure that we are relying on Jesus Christ to save us and give us everlasting life. In fact, we have three needs. The first one is this. We need to realize our sin. Now, sin is a word that some preachers don't like to use because it's negative and, and they don't like to talk about negative things. My problem with that is the Bible talks about sin and therefore if I'm gonna preach the word of God, I have to talk about sin. And it's important for us to realize our sin. There are two problems. Number one, the problem of rejection. Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter one. John chapter one. And it starts off by saying the same thing it did in the video. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. She's talking about Jesus Christ, who was with God in heaven, but came down to earth to live for 33 years and then die on the cross. Verse number nine, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Jesus was the life, Jesus was the light, <coughs> and he gave light to us. Verse number 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So as we look at the incarnation, as we look at Jesus coming down to earth, we, we have an opportunity to receive him 
But the problem is that so often we reject him instead. Some do not know. Look at verse number 10 for just a second. John 1.10. He was in the world. The world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Think about that for just a minute. It says in, in Colossians that Jesus was involved in the making of all things. He made the world. He came down to the world, incarnated, and, and people didn't know who he was. They, they really didn't know. There are a lot of people in the world today that don't know who Jesus is. In fact, there are a lot of people in the church, even in America, that really don't know who Jesus is. They think he's a good teacher, and he was. They think he worked miracles, and he did. But they don't recognize that he was the Son of God who came and lived and died on the cross, rose again, so that we might have everlasting life. Now, everyone receives some light and is responsible for what they do with the light. There's the light of creation, Psalm 19, verse number one. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Then there's conscience. God gives us a conscience, and so often we know the difference between right and wrong even when we have not been taught the difference between right and wrong. And then there's Scripture. And, and really, in, in a sense, when, when you look at Romans 2 and 3, it talks about all three of those things, the fact that that we receive light from God. And the question is, what do we do with the light? Now, it's important for us to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again. It's important for us to, to make sure we do what it says in the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to all who believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we need to be sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. But everyone has light. And the problem is that so many reject the light that they have. So many reject the gospel. So many reject Jesus. So in John chapter 1, we have the problem of rejection. Some did not know him. In verse number 10, verse number 11, some knew him but did not receive him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. He came to his own people, the ones that he created, and they did not receive him. They did not heed the gospel. Do you know why most people do not say yes to the gospel? If they hear the gospel, they understand the gospel, and they do not say yes to the gospel, quite often it is because they enjoy sinning. Now, they probably wouldn't say that, but that's what God's word says. In fact, look at John chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. It sounds like John chapter 1, does it not? And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. In other words, the reason that so many people do not receive Jesus Christ as Savior is because they don't want to come to the light. How many of you like it when people point out your faults? Very few of us do. In fact, sometimes we stay away from people that criticize us significantly. But the reality is that we need to come to the light. 
because it's only through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. And that's what it says in verse number 12. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Becoming children of God, related to him, part of his family. How do we do it? By receiving him, by believing on his name. All need to receive Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Now that sounds somewhat exclusive. There's so many people that believe in universalism. Everybody's going to heaven. That's not what God's word teaches. There's so many that believe that any religion, if, as long as you sincerely follow it, will get you to heaven. That's not what Jesus teaches. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. And when we do that, we are born of God. Look at John 1, 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're not talking about a physical birth. We're not talking about something that man brings about. We're talking about birth by God, a spiritual birth. So number one is the problem of rejection. Jesus came. So many people didn't know him. So many people rejected him. In order to be saved, we have to receive him and believe on his name so we can become children of God. Number one, the problem of rejection as we think about sin. But number two, the problem of sin, I know that's redundant. Uh, where the subpoint is the same as the, the main point. But as we think about sin, it's noticed in, in John chapter 1, verse number 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said about Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, the Old Testament had a sacrificial system where animals were sacrificed in order to atone for sin. And it's clear in Scripture that those animals were looking forward to the time when Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, would die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And if we believe in Him, we would have everlasting life. There's no more need for animal sacrifice because of the sacrifice of Jesus who lived a perfect life and who died for us. When we think about the need for sacrifice, the need for Jesus being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, it's sin. And that is the problem. We've talked about this before. There's a sin of commission. 1 John 3, 4 says, whoever commits sin transgresses the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is lawlessness. In other words, it's doing something wrong that we're told not to do. The Bible says, thou shalt not lie. Have any of you ever told a lie? If you've told a lie, raise your hand. Okay? About half of you have told a lie. No. <laughs> the reality, yeah, the other half are lying. <laughs> I think if we're honest, we would recognize that we've lied. The Bible says thou shalt not steal. The Bible says thou shalt not do a lot of different things. And, and the problem is that we have transgressed the law. We've done what the Bible told us not to do. I've only met one person that said he had never sinned. I think he was on drugs at the time. But the Bible not only talks about the fact that we do things we should not do, we also do not do things 
that we should do. How many of you think it's a good idea to read the Bible on a regular basis? Okay. If we don't do that, is it a sin? I believe it is. Are we supposed to pray? God's Word tells us to. If we don't pray, is it a sin? If we don't witness, is it a sin? I'm starting to meddle a little bit, aren't I? James chapter 4, verse number 17 says, Therefore to him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So we have a sin of commission where we break the law. We have a sin of omission where we don't do the good things that God wants us to do. God's word is clear in Romans 3.23. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Most of us would recognize that. But he goes on to say in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, we deserve to die. Now, there are some of us that say, well, I... I'm better than most people. I hadn't, I hadn't sinned very much. But God's word makes it clear that just sinning once is enough to separate us from God. If you want to, you can turn to James chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. If you want to me, for me just to read it, that's fine. You can read it later. James chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point... He is guilty of all. That's a pretty significant verse, is it not? It goes on to say, He who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So if you have lied, if you've stolen, if you've disobeyed your parents, if you've gotten extremely angry, those are sins you're a transgressor of the law. And, and you can't really say, well, I've not done some of the things other people have done because they're not the standard. The standard is God and his law. Problem of sin, sin of commission, the sin of omission. We've all sinned. The wages of sin is death. That's why we need to be born again. We talked about that in John 1.13 who were born of God, spiritually speaking. In John chapter 3 and verse number 3, in talking to Nicodemus, he, Jesus started off by saying, you must be born again. Nicodemus was confused. I'm a man, how can I be born again? Can I go back into my mother's womb? Jesus, of course, was talking about spiritual birth. We need to be born again because we're dead in our trespasses and sins. The wages of sin is death. Let me read a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been, been saved. Salvation is equated with being born again. We need to be born spiritually because we're dead in our trespasses and sins. I guess Romans 6.23 talks about the bad news, the good news. The bad news, the wages of sin is what? Death. The good news, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to recognize our sin to realize that we have that problem. And until we realize the problem of sin in our lives, 
we're probably not going to move on to number two, which is rely on Jesus to save us. If we don't know we're lost, if we don't know that we are condemned to eternity separated from God, then why get saved? There's so many people in America today that think they're okay. They think, I'm a good person, I'm going to heaven. But that's not what God's word indicates. So God's word indicates that because of our sin, we have to rely on Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was lifted up and died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Does that sound a little bit familiar? Turn to John chapter 3. And I'm going to read several verses from John chapter 3, beginning at verse number 16. The context is being born again. The context is Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. The children of Israel were experiencing a plague. And whoever looked at the serpent that was put on the, the stick, so to speak, they were healed. They were saved. But whoever did not, they were condemned. And that's the, the picture of Jesus Christ. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Great verse, is it not? Talks about the bad news that we deserve to perish. But the good news, we can have everlasting life because Jesus died for our sins. If we believe on him, then we can have everlasting life. And that's why a genuine disciple, first of all, believes in Jesus. It goes on to say this in verses 17 and 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Sounds like belief is pretty important, does it not? If we don't believe, we're condemned. If we believe, then we are saved and we have everlasting life. The last verse in the book, in the chapter, John 3.36 says this, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's a pretty significant contrast. I don't understand how people can preach universalism that everybody's saved. I don't understand how people can say that really Jesus dying on the cross was not very important because it was very important according to God's word, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we believe on him, then we have everlasting life. If we don't, the wrath of God abides on us. Eternal separation from God. It's important for us to rely on Jesus Christ. In fact, in summarizing his book, John in John 20, 31 said, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. We have a choice. If we rely on Jesus Christ to save us, then we have everlasting life. If we don't, then we will perish. The wrath of God abides on us. Now, probably many of us in here have heard this, and, and, and many of us have made the decision to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. If you haven't, that is the most important decision you can make. Number one, realize your sin. Number two, rely on Jesus to save you. 
But Christianity is not just a ticket to heaven. Instead, it should affect our lives significantly. And that's why need number three is to rely on Jesus to change us. I've been talking about this in recent devotions. And if, uh, if you're on the text thing, uh, you get a text and it tells you to go to, it gives you a link to go to. But if you want to just go to the website and just, just scroll down and then it says 50 days of devotions or 50 days to Easter or something like that, you can click on that and there's a daily devotion. If you want to, you can click on it and go back and read all the devotions. But I've been talking about the fact that if we are Christians, if we've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, there should be a difference in our lives. Now, it's not a matter of us trying our best. It is a matter of faith. Without faith, we cannot please him. It's a matter of depending on him to enable us to live the Christian life. But it's important for us to rely on Jesus Christ to save us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. If we have genuine faith, it ought to change our lives. Not going to make us perfect. Any of y'all perfect? I think I've seen, I know I've shared this before. I've only met one person who, who I played basketball with one time. Before I played basketball, he said, I hadn't sinned in seven years. After I played basketball with him, I didn't say this to him. But I was thinking, well, you just messed it up after seven years because his attitude was worse than anybody on the court. The reality is that each and every one of us sin. Until we get to heaven, we are going to sin on occasion. But let me ask you this. Should we sin less and less as we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ? I don't know of anybody that can disagree with that. All of us are going to mess up. All of us are going to fail but we need to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ as he works in us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 make it clear that we're not saved by good works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm sure that Gray is talking about that in his Bible study. Was that last week or is that coming up? Are you listening? Okay, I just did history. So you're going to be talking about only by faith in Jesus Christ. It's not by good works. Instead, we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. That's the only way we can get to heaven. But once we trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, it ought to make a difference in our lives. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, if we're Christians... It should make a difference in our lives. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. When people look at your life, do they see your good works and glorify God? Because it's evident that you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and he has changed you. We need to rely on Jesus Christ to change us. One of the more challenging verses in the Bible is 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 3. This is what it says. 1 John 2, 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Implication? If we don't keep his commandments, then we cannot have true assurance 
of salvation. It's not a matter of walking an aisle or saying a prayer and then just doing anything we want to. Instead, if we have genuine faith, it ought to make a difference in our lives and we ought to live for him. It goes on to say in verse number four, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. I didn't say that. John said it through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also so to walk just as he walked. If we claim to be Christians, if we claim to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we ought to more and more walk like Jesus walked, live like Jesus lived. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? That's why it's supernatural. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ helps us through the power of the Holy Spirit to become more and more like him. The fruit of the Spirit is not something that is natural, but instead it's something that is supernatural. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. This comes as we are saved, as we believe in Jesus Christ, and as we rely on him to change us and to help us to become more like Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.6, Paul said, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. We received him by faith. We walk by faith. Hebrews 11.6, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, God's word can be very challenging. I'm sure that many of us, uh, we recognize our sin. We realize that we have messed up. And many of us recognize that the wages of sin is death. We don't deserve to spend eternity in heaven. We deserve to spend eternity separated from God. But the good news is we can rely on Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. We can depend on him to save us and to give us everlasting life because of what he did on the cross. And we need to make sure that we're relying on him to change us, to to make us to become more like Jesus Christ, to help us to do good works for his honor and for his glory. I'd like to finish that with three questions. Question number one. Do you realize your sin? Because I can almost guarantee you there's somebody out there thinking right now, I'm not really that bad. I mean, as I look around, I I probably do better than most of the people I know. But God's standard is his word in Jesus Christ. And one sin will separate us from God. So number one, do you realize your sin? Number two, Have you relied on Jesus to save you? Not do you know about Jesus. Because a lot of people know about Jesus. A lot of people know that Jesus died on the cross. But it's a matter of relying on, depending on Jesus Christ. In fact, when we think about the word rely, I looked up the definition. It means to depend on with full trust or confidence. Are you depending on Jesus, trusting him, having confidence in him to save you because he died on the cross for your sins? Are you really believing? And then number three, are you relying on Jesus to change you, to transform you by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove 
what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will. I'm not talking about perfection. None of us are perfect. But I am talking about becoming more like Jesus Christ on an ongoing basis through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize your sin? Have you relied on Jesus Christ to save you? Are you relying on Jesus Christ to change you? Those are three good questions. And some of us need to give attention to those questions and make a decision. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the gospel that Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again. Well, Lord, as we think about the gospel, we need to make sure that we respond in the appropriate way. As we recognize our sin, Lord, I pray that we will rely on Jesus to save us. We will believe. And that we'll rely on Jesus Christ to change us as well. Because you are able to do far above all that we can ask or think. You can help us to live the Christian life, not in our own strength, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, I pray that we might not be content with mediocrity or complacency. I pray that we might not be content with doing a fair job of living for Jesus Christ. I pray that we will make sure that we have trusted Christ as our Savior and make sure that we are seeking to trust and obey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.